Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 14, brought to you on your new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. The Bruins Benders Podcast is sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at Lops Brewing. I am Maddie, and my co-host is Smitty, and he has a word from our new show sponsor. <laughs> our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink is BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. And uh, I'm sure the bets will be fast and furious with the Super Bowl coming up for the NFL. Sign up for BetUS.com. That is B-E-T-U-S.com with your promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK. For your sign-up bonus, 125%. Can't beat that. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And you can uh, bet on the Super Bowl with those, not only the game, but those those kooky little props they have. Oh, yeah. They you got know, the prop bet bets. The anthem and, right. <laughs> and all that stuff. How long you the know, anthem is, the coin toss. Yeah. You know, if who, uh, who goes first in the halftime show, everything. Right. How many you know? people you sh- uh, they show with, you know, the how many times they show the owner in the owner's box, show the girlfriend of the quarterback, all the things. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So go ahead on to BetUS.com, get that uh, sign up bonus and get started. Hey, the weekend review for the Bruins. And this is an episode entitled The Ugly, The Uglier and The Ugly Again. <laughs> Uh, actually, two and one this past two and week one this week, but still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, January twenty eighth at the Arizona Coyotes, and the Bruins get a two to one win. Hey, the last time they lost to the Coyotes was on October 9th, two thousand ten. You know when that game was played? Where Prague? <laughs> that was when they went oh, to, oh, right. went to Prague at the beginning uh, or whatever of the or you know that little break in the season. Yeah. Wow. That was the last so time. They haven't lost to them in the United States even. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I they went one and that. one on that little uh, jaunt to yeah, the, the Czech Prague. Republic. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, well, they don't play well in this one. No, they, they don't. Like hell, they give it away, uh, and they get the win. And this is coming off that collapse in Denver. Yeah, they didn't play well at all. Uh, they did enough to win. Allmark was excellent in the third period, especially. They needed him to be. Steen was switched to the top line late in this one, and Smith was sent down to play with Coyle and DeBrusque. It, it didn't really seem to help all that much. Um, <laughs> McAvoy yeah. did score uh, late in the game, uh, five shots on goal for him, and uh, Hollis scored also. But an ugly win is still a win. Uh, and it ended the two-game losing streak. So, you know, a couple of positives there. Yeah, it was a, it was a positive there. Uh, but the, what was negative was the next contest, and that was on January 30th at the Dallas Stars. A 6-1 to one drubbing where old friend uh, Tyler Sagan gets two goals and it was just a, a really poor effort. Dallas is better than Arizona, so they don't get away with this one. They fell behind early again, which is not a great trend. 
No, we've talked about this for a while, and, and it's yeah. been happening for quite a long time. There was no urgency in this one from the Bruins at all, and it doesn't seem like the urgency's been there really since they collapsed against the Avalanche. Paula comes down with COVID, and the lines just went to shit. They had... <laughs> They had Fogarty on the on the second line, I think, at Jeez. the beginning. Uh, they wow. moved Pasta back up to the top line. Cassidy seemed to just have kind of like a brain cramp with this one, just moving guys all over the place where yeah. it didn't really seem like it was necessary. I mean, maybe he was trying to shock things back into a good place just because they had struggled so much against the Coyotes and, and the end of the Avalanche game that maybe he was just trying to mix it up a little bit to see if he could find a spark, but... Uh, sure. It didn't happen, and they were terrible in this game from basically beginning to end. The only only bright spot was that Craig Smith scored, and you know maybe that gets him off the schneid a little bit. But other than that, just a terrible effort front to back. Yeah, it was terrible, almost as terrible as those uniforms. The Dallas Stars neon uniforms were just horrific. Yeah. And that one in, you know what? The bees did look tired. I, I don't know why you just don't bump Charlie Coyle to second line center and just... You know, and just make a simple move there and not just move the pieces around like pawns. But they did, and they, they didn't get anything out of it. It was just a one of the bad games from beginning to end, similar to the Carolina game a couple of weeks ago where they got drubbed 7-1. to one. It was just, there was nothing going at all. And like you said, the only lone bright spot was was Craig Smith. And even with Almark getting pulled in the second, really wasn't his fault either. No. The team just played terrible in front of him. Yeah. Uh, but you pull the goalie just almost almost out of respect to the goalie. So right. He doesn't have to sit in front of that all night long, and it was just bad. And then, of course, tonight, February the 1st, versus Seattle Kraken, a 3-2 to two win. It's another subpar performance against a bad team. They bookended the week with two bad teams and, and two subpar performances where they, they pulled both games out. Uh, the story of this one, Eurovac and Ina gets boarded by Yanni Gord. In a really dirty, sort of unnecessary, bad hit that wasn't called a major, I don't believe. It was not. They reviewed it. No. They called it a major, reviewed it, and then gave him a minor penalty where wow. he was bleeding. So it should have been at least a double minor. Right. But, but I think when, when you call it a major and then review it, you can only go major or minor. You can't do anything else. So Wow, that's a great rule. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there was one the other night where... They called uh, an interference penalty, I think, on someone, and it was a. Oh, they was called Taylor Hall. Yeah, they called Taylor the they called the major, yeah. and it wasn't right. a penalty. But they had to give them they had to give them a penalty because that's the rule. You can't go from yeah. calling a major the penalty to nothing. to nothing. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, that's. I mean, it was just it was just pathetic, and you know, David Parsonak scores two goals. He scores in the third to pull the game out. The hang on at the end, and this is definitely great timing for this All Star break coming up for this group. Yeah, it is. I like the fact that Lazar stuck up for Vakanine and kind of off the uh, off the face off. Fogarty cross checked Gordon in the mouth, and then Lazar went straight in and 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 beat him up pretty good. Forward got into a, an altercation with Lazan as well, uh, with Lazan getting the takedown on forward. But it it seemed like that kind of engaged them, and then they played a better second. But then just came out like absolute dog shit in the third period. Like they couldn't do anything right. They turned the puck over just inside their blue line like time and time again. They couldn't manage the puck like every single shift to start the third period was, you know, turnover, turnover, turnover. And you could right. see it coming. You could see it coming. Right. And, you, you know, Seattle comes back to tie the game. 
And then, uh, you know, the Bruins score a late power play goal by Pasta to, to edge them out and get the win. A win is a win is a win, I guess. Uh, you know, they got the two, po- in, two points in a game that they should have won, but they do absolutely seem men- mentally and physically drained at this point and really need the break, I think. I do too. And, and Cassidy even said it after the game tonight in the pressers that uh, the timing is probably pretty good. And he said there were a few guys that probably would enjoy the timing as well of this all-star break. And I think they do need it. They had the the weird schedule in the beginning with all sorts of time off. And then they had some COVID issues. We had to reschedule some games. So now all the games are sort of smashed together and they played a bunch in a, in a, in a short period of time. And then coming back from the break, they're going to have to do it again. So this is going to be something, and we'll talk about it a little later. But this is going to be something that's really going to affect them going forward. But it was a two, to, you know, it was a two games, two wins, and, and one loss this week. And I guess you know, if you looked at it coming into the week, you probably thought that that's what was going to happen. Really, I mean, you might get two out of three. You'd like to get all three, but Dallas is decent, and you probably thought they would lose that game if they would lose, and they did. So I guess in the grand scheme of things. It's not completely off base. All right, time now for the seven chirps. We talk about seven seven burning questions about the Bruins and the league. And first question, Bruce, Bruce Cassidy made an interesting comment, I thought, saying they would give Tuka Rask a few games, but going down the stretch, it will be the goalie who gives them the best chance to win. And even Jeremy Swayman is still in that mix. Is this a sign that Cassidy isn't really behind the Rask return? That's interesting. I'm not sure he isn't behind it, but I think he realizes by watching like everyone else that Rask really doesn't have it right now. And he's probably feeling like, look, if this guy doesn't get it back, I'm certainly not going to put him in net when when the games are important. So I I think it's really more based on play where Rask's game is currently than it is, you know, that he wasn't behind him, you know, coming back to join the team. I think it's really more about how the goalies are playing now and then how the goalies will be playing, you know, going down the stretch. Yeah, this this reminds me, though, of some of the comments and, and, and how Rask left the bubble and some of the, I guess, the way Bruce Cassidy was managing Tuka Rask and talking about him and challenging him even a little bit in the in the in the media. Uh, after games and such around the bubble and then last year. So I, it, it almost seems to me, I, I'm not so sure that Bruce Cassidy wouldn't have been, you know, wasn't really ready to move on maybe from Tuka Rask because maybe he felt that either he's coming down toward the end of the line or, or maybe questioned some of the commitment. Of course, now you really can't question it now. I mean, Tuka Rask come back from major injury to, to prolong his career. So that's, you know, commendable, but I don't know if, if Bruce really was the guy that to say, you know, I, I really clamoring to get Tuca back, maybe he was, maybe it was time for him to move on. Like you said, I mean, you bring Tuca Rask back, you know, he's an elite goaltender. Who, who wouldn't want that? But if he's not playing well, now it creates us. It's sort of a mess in there. And how do you handle it? Cause you don't have a lot of margin for error there. No, you certainly don't. You certainly don't. I mean, the Bruins, as they're currently constituted, I think everyone would agree that they're not really a contender. They need to make some moves. Second line center, maybe shore up the defense a little bit. But they certainly can't go anywhere without good goaltending. I mean, that, right. I mean that's, that's been proven in the playoffs. You need uh, not even good goaltending. You need hot goaltending. You need outstanding goaltending sometimes mm-hmm. in the playoffs to be able to move on, especially if you're not up to the caliber of some of the other teams. So right. that's what needs to even the playing field. If you're going up against a Florida or a Carolina or a you know Toronto with you know, high-powered offenses and good deep, uh, you know good depth, not Toronto, but 
Toronto doesn't have good defense, but they have uh, good depth and forwards. But if you go up against some of those teams, you need the goaltending to kind of hold you in those games. So right. if they're not getting good goaltending, they're not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, that's it's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, it is. And I and I think that you can steal a series with really hot goaltending. Linus Allmark has played better in the last month or so. You know, the jury's still out whether or not he's really hasn't been, he really hasn't been tested in a playoff sense. I mean, he's on a bad team and now he's on the Bruins and he really hasn't had that pressure-packed playoff series. We don't know if he can stand on his head in a playoff series or even beyond that and take it on a cup run. We have no idea. Yeah, I mean, both Swayman and... Allmark, neither one of them have ever played in the playoffs right, at, at the NHL level. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're both unknowns. So right. Rask is a known. So if Rask is playing well, he'll get the net, but he has to be playing well. He has to be. And I don't, I'm not sure, you know, we'll have to see. I guess you, you don't have a ton of games. But Cassie says to give him a few, but I'm not sure quite. I don't think it's as much as you, you might think. Uh, number two, Eric Haller goes to COVID protocol and David Pasternak ends up back on the first line in that game. Was it smart to break up Hall and Pasta? Do you just go with somebody else there and keep the Hall and Pasta line together? Because when Haller went to protocol, it went to shit. It did. I, I wouldn't have broken up Hall and Pasternak. I wouldn't have done it. They, the the team, since since they came back from the pause, you know, after the new year, the team's been playing well. The scoring has been more balanced. You know, Hall, uh, Pasta had 12 goals in January. Hall's starting to sc- score. He scored his uh, 10th tonight, I believe. Pasta's mm-hmm. up to 22. So they seem to have found a little something there. Uh, mm-hmm. So to me, I'm not breaking that lineup. I'm just, I'm just not. You, They should have done what you said earlier in the show and put coil move coil up to the second line drop fogarty to the fourth line center and then figure it out um right tonight they went with no second the second line center spot and i actually liked that i thought that was a good move they could have done that too the other night there was a lot of moves they could have done inserting the the new guy in between two guys who don't really play defense all that much didn't seem like the best idea to me at the time even i don't think it was a good idea i think they should have left it alone and um you know, hopefully going forward, you know, Hall will come back or they'll, or they'll make a trade for someone slide in there. (laughs) All right. There you go. Uh, Hey, chirp number three, uh, this could be a long conversation after the collapse in the third period in Colorado. Does the Bruins recent play concern you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been since that third period, it's been trending in the wrong direction. And, and we'll talk about this probably a little bit later. We've mentioned it a couple of times, but I think they're just, mentally and physically blown out like they're just gassed at this point and mm-hmm. you know it's catching up to them like i think i don't know if it was fatigue in the third period of that colorado game or what but since that point their their play has been trending in the wrong direction 100 like they were bad against arizona they were awful against dallas and they were bad again tonight but just because they were playing bad teams they got wins in two out of the three games where if they were playing good teams, they probably would have been 0-3 this week. So kind of a luck of the draw thing a little bit there, I think. But uh, yeah, it's definitely trending in the wrong direction. I mean, if that's Florida, Carolina, you know, Toronto, they would have had a problem uh, this past week for sure. Number four, chart number four, does the NHL need more personalities like Brad Marchand? I 100% think they do. They do. Can you name another guy in the NHL that has a personality other than Marchand? I can't, I can't, I, and, and look, I, and I watch obviously a lot of NHL. I'm a big fan of the NHL and the, and the Bruins and big hockey fan. And you never see any of 
any of the personalities on the TV. <laughs> like you never see, like there's some guys, there are some superstars in the league who I don't even know what their voice sounds like. Yeah, I don't. I don't really, I've never even seen them talk. I don't. I mean, I don't see them in a in a light in a in a you know in any type of light. I don't see them lighthearted. I don't see them their own personality, personal interests, anything. I don't see anything like that. And it's the only league I can think of of, of any of the leagues where I just don't know the personalities of of the league. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with you, and I think it's the way the league is covered by the media. I think it's the the way that it's covered on TV. Like I feel like the TNT. I don't feel like their game presentation is great, oh, especially with the you know waiting for the game to start the other night. That was fucking oh, brutal, that was unbelievable. When you start a game seven thirty and ten, that's asinine. <laughs> it really I mean, is. Honestly, but you don't even know what you're doing. But their studio <laughs> show. Just like with the NBA, they get right. Like Bissonette is good on there because yeah. he, he has, has some personality. personality. He laughs. <laughs> he makes it right. fun. Right. You know, he gets talking and Anson Carter involved. And those guys kind of joke around a little bit. And they do. They bring that across to the players. So you see Marshan right. joking around with them a little bit, you know, talking about the Lamborghini and the Prius and, you know. Yeah, and that was good. It is good, and good. and they yeah. need more of that. Like you can't have the media member in Edmonton asking the second best player in the league, "Why are you so pissy?" Like you can't have yeah. that. You can't have that. You can't have that. Here's the thing about it: is like it, it used to be when it was on, you know, NBC Sports Night or whatever it was, when they had Keith Jones, Anson Carter, Patrick Sharp. They were okay, but none of them really showed much personality. It was very straight. It was very late. When they lost yeah, Milbury and Roenick, you lost any of that colorful talk for them were idiots yeah but i get it you know what i'm saying it's jonesy has a good personality too keith jones is a funny guy like his book is great he's a funny guy and he should be showcasing that more but i think it's the way that the tv studios the networks want them to cover the team is like so straight laced lighten up francis have a little fucking fun once in a while i I, I honestly would have if i if i was espn i I would put virtual Butcher Gross, Tortorella, Bissonette. Like, I put those guys on the ESPN studio. Like, I mean, you know, I would just put them all in there and just have him yuck it up or whatever and give it some personality. Look at the NBA with with Shaq and Barkley and, and yes. Jeff Smith. Like, those guys bring tremendous personality, and Ernie Johnson's the guy who facilitates it, and it's great. It is. But the NHL just doesn't, they don't have that same type of flair. And they should because hockey players have like good personality. They have like the down to earth people. They are. It could be good. It could be good because just just the chirps alone on the ice. I mean, it's some of that stuff you can't say, obviously, or can't, you know, they bleep it out. But, you know, you could throw some chirps out there without oh, the sure. without the yeah, swears the beeps in there it's it's funny yeah you know, throw it like drew doughty you know any type of like on mic drew doughty oh, stuff yeah. on youtube it's hilarious it is and it's beeped all the way through but it's hilarious right you can read between the lines it's so it's really good so they should and i i agree uh number five do you think mental and physical fatigue is going to catch up to the team i mean it already has some but they do get a break here but will it ultimately be the downfall of the team I think there's a good chance that it is. And that I, I hate to say it because I think the schedule was so kind of unkind to them early in the season with all the time off. They're sitting around while everybody else is playing and they have the COVID thing. It, it's just going to catch up with them because there's too many games in too short of amount of time and they just seem beat up by it already. And it hasn't even hit the second half of the year yet. 
Like they have some guys getting up there a little bit. Bergeron's getting up there. Marchand's mm-hmm. a little nicked up and, you know, he's starting to get up there. Yeah. The guys that they depend on are getting kind of worn down, beat down by it. Pasta, he's not a big guy, so he's he's a target. Mm-hmm. He, he's getting cross-checked in the back every other day for a month and a half, like that's going to wear on you after a while. Like those things catch up to you. So it's almost like they'd be playing playoff hockey from the very start of the second half of the year. And you can't sustain that from, you know, February one through the end of the cup finals. Like it just, you just can't. So I think ultimately it is going to, it is going to be part of the problem. Yeah, it is. And I and it, it's no excuse because I, I don't think they're as good as Florida and Carolina and some of the top Tampa Bay. I really don't think they are. I mean, I think they could beat one of them in a series, but to beat two or three of them to a cup run is asking a lot anyway. But even but now with the schedule the way it is, it's going to be really taxing. And guys like, you know, Matt Grizzlick, I mean, there's just guys out there that are going to take a pounding and a beating and, and you're going to get three or four games in a week. And it's just going to be a lot on the team. It's good that they have three goalies that they can rotate around. But as far as they don't have, you know, 10 defensemen to rotate in, God bless them if they have six, to be honest with you. So it's, you know, they're going to have to make some moves. And I think maybe the moves they make could be pretty telling how much, how much depth, how many depth pieces are they going to go depth pieces rather than a real splash? You know, because they, they figure we need we need as many bodies as we can. And can those guys be brought up and down? You know, can they be scratched and all that stuff? So they have to some some lineup manipulation for sure. So it's going to be difficult for them. And we'll have to see how it transpires. Chirp number six, all-star game this weekend. Do you watch it at all? I do usually watch the all-star game. Yeah, I do. Okay, I like the three-on-three better than mm-hmm. the uh, traditional all-star game just because they... Yeah. There seems to be a little bit more happening. There's a little bit more open ice for guys to kind of create and and do that thing. I hate the fucking divisional format, though, with we need one from every team. Like, that's ridiculous to me. Like, yeah, that's stupid. You're supposed to be highlighting the best players in the sport, not, as Jack said tonight, picking one kid from every Cub Scout troop. Like, it's not, it's, (laughs) you're right. It's, that's not what this game is about. How Brad Marchand is not an all star, how Charlie McAvoy is not an all star blows my mind. You know, and there's yeah, other guys, you know, yeah. you know, Kadri yeah. was had to get voted in, you know, Stamkos had to get voted in. Like, how are some of those guys not all-stars? You're telling me that there's an all-star on the Seattle fucking Kraken? There's an all-star on Ottawa? There's an all-star on Arizona? No, there isn't. Right. There no, absolutely there isn't. is not an all-star on one right. of the, on those teams. And, and those you, teams are fucking really, dreadful. There's an all-star really on Montreal. Think, they have eight wins. If, there's not an all-star really, on that team. If you really think that it's because you need some, you know, every team to have some so the fans can watch, no one gives a shit in Arizona, so much so that they have to play at Arizona State right, uh, for the next three or four years. Like, no one cares. Like, no one cares. No. Like, why are we Why are we worried about some guy in 95-degree weather who doesn't watch hockey? Why are we worried about him watching the All-Star game? He's not going to. No, he's playing so, 18 that day. He's not yeah, watching he the All-Star he game. He absolutely is. He absolutely is. So I, I, I agree with you. I just think it should be all the best players. Let the coaches and players pick the friggin' friggin' all stars. They should do they should absolutely do that. Yeah. They should just pick four captains. Know. Go yeah. McDavid, Dreisidel, Matthews, yeah. and top four players in the league. Top four there scoring players in the league. Ovechkin, yeah. Matthews, Dreisidel, and McDavid. Yeah. They pick the teams. Those four right. guys are the captains. They pick the guys pick they want the on the you pick you pick the guys. Yeah. And let and, the captains pick. Have a have yeah. a fucking fantasy draft on TV. Right. 
Right. And then you reveal it. Yeah. You have the four guys on TV. I'm revealing my team. Here are my guys. Like you just go right out. Just like you're just like you're playing pickup down the pond. Mm -hmm. Like even put them on a pond yeah. <laughs> with their shit on and be like, Hey, who do you got first? Connor McDavid. I'm going to take Brad Marsh in. Who's next? Or, or if you want to, if you want to make it fun, just throw all their fucking sticks in the middle of the ice. Yeah. Have a referee yeah. go up throw fucking throw sticks. six sticks this way, six sticks that way. The guys go to pick the yeah. sticks up. That's your team. That's your team. There you go. Boom. Yeah. And I totally agree. Let's do it that way. I would even say, let's play the game outdoors too. You know what? That's <laughs> not a bad idea. Right center of the thing. Like That's not center, a bad idea. I, I can't, re I really, I'm really surprised I don't play the all-star game. It's right in the middle of February or the beginning of February. Cold as hell. So I don't know why they don't play it in an outdoor, outdoor classic kind of format. I think it'd be fun. And chart number seven, Tom Brady retired today. Football news. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I was happy to have a front row seat for, uh, basically his entire career. I had season mm -hmm. tickets to the Patriots. So uh, we got to see all of that from up mm -hmm. close and uh, amazing, amazing memories. Really, really happy and fortunate that I was able to, to be there for a lot of those unbelievable games, a snowball game. Um, mm. you know, some of the comebacks against, uh, Peyton Manning and AFC championship mm. games and just really, really fortunate to be able to, uh, see his career up close and, you know, witness something that we will absolutely never see again. Absolutely. I mean, it, he is one of a kind. You won't see that again. I mean, some of the 14 AFC, 14 championship games, conference championship games, you know, seven Super Bowls. He, he, he won. What did he play in? 13% of the Super Bowls or something? Yeah, oh, he's outrageous. been to 12.7% of all yeah. the Super Bowls that they that's ever been played. Yeah, I also saw incredible. a stat that since 2006, when the NFL started to do war, he is the leader. The leader. So every single year, though. So like 2006, <laughs> the leader, Brady. 2007, Brady. 2008, Brady. All the way oh, till 2021. Seasons. So since wow. they've since they started doing the stat, every single year Brady has been the leader. There's in that. never been another. Leader there's never more. been anyone else. Wow, that yeah. is incredible. It is. I mean, there's some there's some incredible stats, and yeah, it, you know, I'll never see him again. I was my theory is this: I, I I believe he he doesn't want to stop playing. I truly believe that. I think that he still wants to play. I think he's getting so much pressure from his family, namely his wife, that he can't do the other stuff. And one thing that was telling in the whole post, and I even tweeted it out, was he said he is unable to do the commitment or won't do the commitment or something like that. But it didn't say he didn't want to. He said that he won't be able to uh, handle the commitment of playing because he believes you have to be 100% committed. So I really believe that Giselle said, you can play another season, but you're not doing... X, Y, and Z, you're not doing OTAs, you're not doing, you know, going to the high school football field and throwing it to Chris Godwin, you know, in, in August, any of that stuff, he, you're not doing any of that stuff, uh, but you can play. And I think that he's been doing less and less of the off season stuff even since the last year with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And I think it's starting to catch up with him and eat at him that he's not able to fully commit. I truly believe that he would continue to play and he wants to continue to play. And I think I would really be interested to see what he really feels about this because I don't believe he wanted to stop. I really don't. You know, we'll see, see how it plays out. But uh, so Tommy is gone. All right. So let's check in now with our whipping boys. I'm dying. 
All right. So my whipping boy is Trent Frederick. He's still out with injury, but he did skate prior to in the morning skate today. So it looks to be ready to come back soon enough. Just not sure where he slots in. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like because of the way that they've been playing lately, coming out of the break, I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but if they have another game next week against Pittsburgh, that's still kind of lackadaisical a little bit. I feel like there'll be some changes made and Frederick will probably slot in for Steen because I think Steen's kind of, you know, the blooms kind of off the rose there a little bit since uh, he started off kind of hot. He hasn't kind of been tailing off a little bit. Yeah, Nick Felino also skated too, so he'll probably be slotted back in there. And they have that they have that really, you know, they have that schedule that's all cramped together there. So they're going to have to be shuffling guys in and out, speci- you know, specifically on those third and fourth lines, keep them fresh keep him hunting pucks and hitting people and, and playing physical. So I would assume Frederick will get in there quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, I have Connor Clifton as my whiffing boy and uh, he, did he play against Arizona or was he a healthy scratch in all of them? I don't even know. I, I think he may have played against Arizona. After that, he was a healthy scratch. Yeah. So you happy. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, he's really a seventh, eighth defenseman. He's a filling guy, you know, a Vakanen it's hurt, which you know, it's a possibility he was concussed. He didn't come back into the game. It's possible that Clifton will slot back in. Uh, they're kind of banged up back there now a little bit. more. you know, kind of uh, shuffled down to Providence. He was hurt. Zaboros has the ACL. You know, now Vakanainen's banged up a little bit. So it's possible we could get to see more Cliffy hockey. And I'm super, super, super excited about it. I can, I can, I can hear it. He did not play against Arizona. So okay. he has been scratched uh, excessively, which is good. It is. Uh, all right. So right now it's time for our beauties and benders segment. So my top three beauties, number three, I'm going to give it to Linus Allmark. And although he was pulled in the second game, really wasn't his fault, but he bookended. He was probably the bright spot in the two wins this past week against the Coyotes and the Kraken and kind of held them in on both of them, made some saves when he needed to. So I will give it to Linus Allmark. Number two, David Parsonak has scored 14 goals in the last 15 games. So that's pretty good. And Parsonak had two more tonight. He has up to 22 now, and he's really starting to score them in bunches, which is good for the team. And then number one, I like Curtis Lazar. He had nine hits in the first two games against the Coyotes and Stars. He's one of the bright spots spots against uh, the Dallas Stars. And then tonight he stood up for Vac and uh, had the fight with Gord. And uh, he was even against Dallas in a, in a game lost 6-1. to one. He was actually even. So Lazar had a pretty good week. Yeah, he has yeah. been playing well. My three beauties this week. Number three, I have Eric Halla. Before he came down with the COVID, uh, he scored a goal in that Arizona game to help them get the win. And then number two, I have Tyler Taylor Hall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tyler, yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a goal and an assist uh, tonight uh, to help them get the W. He's been playing well with Pasternak, like I said, up to 10 goals. And then number one, I have Pasta. Two goals and assist in the win tonight. Two assists against Arizona. Five points this week. And 14 goals in 15 games really starting to come on for them. I think now he's on a, uh, I think he might be on a 40 goal pace now. So he is, um, yeah. really right, starting to play right well lately. Uh, and it leads us, and we'll have this conversation later on, maybe in a, in a future episode on, he is a free agent after next season. And he took a, he took a friendly deal already. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing coming down the pipeline, especially after losing David Krejci, you'll probably lose to Karask after this year. And then, with potentially Patrice Bergeron after this year or next. Oh boy. 
Here it comes. All right. Time now for our benders this week. And my third bender is a fellow by the name of Stephen Fogarty. Face, you're a neo maxi Zoom dweeby. This young fella is not an NHL player. He, uh, his stats, he hasn't played many NHL games. He was actually drafted in 2011. He was drafted 11 years ago in the third round. Wow. Fogarty was. Yeah. Third rounder. Uh, has not done anything to really give any indication that he's an NHL player. He did, didn't he high stick someone in the face today? Uh, he cross-checked someone in the face. Yeah, he cross-checked Gord yeah. in the face off the face-off. Face. So yeah. that was deserved. So that was, that was, that that was, was actually a nice play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was positive. But uh, he is my number three bender. Number two, Brandon Carlo. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Brando is having a really hard time getting the puck out, clearing it, not providing anything offensively. He really has not had a great year. And... You really start to wonder about Carlo. Is he in RFA again this year? No. Or next year? No. Something like that? They signed him to an extension. He signed a four, uh, 4.1, I believe. So 16. Oh, four, 4.1? Yeah. Okay. All right. So Carlo is not played particularly well this season all that much, and um, they need more from him. And then number one, Derek Forbort. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Derek has... Uh, has regressed some after having a settling in and being fairly steady for a while. Uh, this was not a very great three games for Derek. Uh, so he is my number one bender. I, I agree with you. The, the defense overall, I mean, we've got some benders here from the defense and that's not really a great sign. So my, my number three bender is Oscar Steen. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. I feel like he's come back to earth a little bit. I said this earlier. He's not really putting up the points now. He's not hitting as much as he uh, was early on. He's not agitating as much. Tonight, he did actually do that a little later in the game, and, and that line drew the penalty that allowed Pasta to score that power play goal at the end. So it was after Cassidy called the timeout, which was a was a turning point, actually, in the third period and possibly the game because... They were all over the Bruins up until that point. They had scored to tie it. Cassidy called the timeout. And from that point on, the Bruins kind of carried the play. So uh, it was a good timeout by Cassidy there. My number two bender is also Brandon Carlo. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. He's just not giving them enough. He's minus three this week. Just a, a bad stretch of games and, and really a bad overall season, I would say, for, for Kylo. He's not really being the shutdown guy that they absolutely need him to be. They need him to be a top four shutdown guy, and he's just not giving it to him right now. So uh, they need more from him 100%. And then my number one bender is Mike Riley. Face you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Mike Riley was minus five this week. He was a minus in all three games. They won two of them. So that's <laughs> not really what you're looking for. He seemed like Forbort was kind of, had kind of turned the corner a little bit, was settling in, had made some pretty good offensive plays, starting to chip in a little bit more. But uh, this week was not particularly kind to uh, Mr. Riley. Yeah. So I think you will see Connor Clifton pretty soon then because they, they may be shuffling some guys in and out, try to give some rest and try to regroup there. But uh, so now it is time for the Bruins Benders podcast, top seven power rankings, top seven teams in the league and number seven reentering the top seven. The Toronto Maple Leafs have won five in a row and blasted the New Jersey Devils tonight, seven to one. So they are at number seven, number six, the Minnesota Wilds. Is a new entry. They they re-enter the top seven, eight, one and one in the last ten. They won five in a row as well. Uh, number five, staying at number five, New York Rangers, second in the Metropolitan. 
Uh, also staying at number four, the Carolina Hurricanes. They are first in the Metropolitan. The number three team, Tampa Bay Lightning, they drop a spot, 7-2-1 and one in the last 10. And they dropped a spot because the Colorado Avalanche gained a spot. They've won 10 in a row, including that game against the Bruins. They have 67 points now in climbing, a super talented team. And again, very dangerous. Seems like this happens every year with the Avalanche. You think, okay, right around February, March, they're the team to beat. Like they should win it or they should get to the cup final. And it never really comes to fruition. So we'll see if it happens this year. And then number one team, Florida Panthers, first in the Atlantic, plus 58 goal differential, eight and two in their last 10. Pretty damn good yeah that team's a wagon as are the avalanche so uh that could be a pretty good cup finals there panthers avalanche really would be uh up and down some pretty good action uh so the bottom three who will not be in the stanley cup finals (laughs) uh, number 30 the new jersey devils are two and eight in their last 10 they've lost five in a row and got blasted by the maple leafs tonight seven to one so they are coming in at number 30 arizona has lost five in a row including a two to one loss to the bruins they are minus 69 goal differential they're going to be playing at arizona state for the next four years in front of 5,000 fans. Wow, that's unbelievable. And, and you know what? They may not sell it out they may not. <laughs> with the 5,000 fans. And then number 32, yo, Montreal Canadiens. Still at eight wins. They've lost six in a row. Minus 73 goal differential. And Jeff Petrie said, no mas. Get me <laughs> out. I want out. Get me out yeah. of here. This place sucks yeah <laughs> they take my enormous contract i never deserved and ship me somewhere yeah. else that's, he could shoot the puck like a motherfucker though he can, can he, he, he can. could fire he the can. puck but wow that yeah. team uh that team is not good at all no and i enjoy the jeff, fuck out of that honestly jeff jeff petrie will end up like on the avalanche or somewhere and just scoring power yeah play he will in the playoffs absolutely like, will. Just, yeah it will happen uh all right the weekend ahead now, the week ahead is is interesting. Only one game for the Bruins because it's All-Star Week. Uh, February 5th is the All-Star Game. And then February 8th, the Bruins will return to the ice at home versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the All-Star Game is Saturday. And then that will be the following Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Penguins. We had a Bruins Benders poll on Twitter. You can follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook. So this Benders poll said, if you could have one former Bruins players back, who would it be? Now, this kind of came to me after Tyler Sagan scored two goals against the Bruins. So I said, here are the choices. Tyler Sagan, Tori Krug, Dougie Hamilton, and Phil Kessel. So which one would you want back if you had a choice to bring a former Bruin back? And who, who do you think... They said, I'm going to guess who I would want. And I think it's the same as what everyone would want. And I'm going Tyler Sagan all day long. And it's because they need a fucking center. (laughs) They need a center. And he would slot perfectly in right now for this team as a second line center in between Hall and Pasternak. And they would fucking dominate. Oh my God. So he's the guy. He's the guy that they need. Cause you would have Marsha and Bergeron, whoever, (laughs) And you would have Hall and Sagan and Pasternak. Yeah. You would have the two top picks in that draft, Hall and Sagan with David Pasternak. So 43% said Sagan. You were correct. Mm-hmm. 31% Tory Krug. 14% Dougie Hamilton. 12% Phil Kessel. I think Kessel might be a guy that you could get that yeah. would be a sneaky good ad. Yeah. I think he would be a sneaky good. Sneaky. I think he would be a sneaky good. He can shoot the puck. He can. I mean, he he is still a good offensive player and, and a weapon. Yes. An offense, 
uh, especially with you know with this type of thing. If you put him with Marshan and Bergeron, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that would be that would be really good. And you know, and, and the thing is too is that you could probably get him for like a second round pick or something. I right. think that's what I heard. Like that yeah. was like a second round pick is like the target. Yeah. Do it. Do it absolutely. right now. If you really think that you're taking one more shot, see this is where the Bruins get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Is that are you really taking a risk or you're not? Like are you really going for it or you're not? And if you really are going for it, then use the second round pick. You don't draft well anyway. Right. Use the second round pick and get Phil Kessel. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an easy, like that's an e- to me, that's easy. Like to it me, is that's not hard. It's it, that's a very easy ad. Cause you put them right up there with, with Marchand and, and Bergeron. Then yeah. you have your top two lines of set. You, you move Smith down to the third line. So you got, yeah. you know, Coyle Smith and then whoever else, you know, whoever. they trade if you, for... If you let DeBrus go, then it's Steen yeah, or whoever. Or yeah. Foligno, right? Right. And then, you know, yeah. I mean, then you have a you have really good top three lines. You do. Just by adding one more forward up there with some skill. Right. And on the cheap. On the cheap. And then you and then you move Jake as part of a deal for some defenseman, even if it's a even if it's a depth kind of defenseman or just a defenseman you can slot in the third pair or whatever, something. Like that, and then you're then you're cooking with gas. Then you have a chance. And Kessel has you know, tons of playoff experience. Yeah. He's performed in the playoffs and he's performed well in the I mean, playoffs. He's he yeah. won cups with Pittsburgh. I mean, he's he's kind of a proven guy. He is, and he almost single handedly won that series that Toronto blew in Game Seven. Like he he scored a, he scored the fourth goal or a couple of goals that game, and yeah. he was he was dynamite, and he almost pushed the. Toronto Maple Leafs passed the first round. So, yeah, I mean, I think Kessel, people kind of snicker at it and say, yeah, yeah, bring Kessel back. I think it's a solid move, and I think it's a move you do tomorrow, to yeah. be honest with you. I'm 100% in on Kessel. I mean, Jesus, absolutely. So that was our poll, and uh, we'll have another poll up again next week. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm in on, hey, if you can, to me, if you can get Phil Kessel for a second-round pick, and then you can get a package together for JT Miller, then I think you're in good shape. Then I think you're you're really you are really close to right there. You really are. I, agree. I really do think so. All right, you can rate and review for charity. Uh, we will donate one dollar to Bru- to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify as well. Hey, and go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. We have hoodies and t-shirts up there that you can purchase. And read all the wonderful articles, and uh, especially the ones written by Matt Barry. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. And then uh, go ahead and join and go on to Inside the Rank and follow them, and, and go on there each and every day. There's great articles going up there again. And that'll do it for this episode of the Bruins Brenda's Podcast. We'll be back again next week. Enjoy the All Star Game, everyone, and uh, have a great week. Go Bruins! Thanks a lot. Mm, bye bye. 